Hey, before we begin, a quick reminder that today's episode is made possible in part by the Todd and Stephanie Schnick Foundation. Find us at schnickfoundation.org. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Let's go, y'all. You are listening to The Foundation Podcast. Our goals are to help you build the foundation to live your best life, help solve problems, better serve humanity, and to become a beacon to help inspire change. We connect you with today's leaders, affecting positive and impactful global change. And now, here are your hosts, Todd and Stephanie Schnick. Good morning and welcome back to the Foundation Podcast. I am your host, Todd Schnick. I have uh, been looking forward to this conversation for, gosh, several weeks now since we formally scheduled it. Stephanie and I uh, did a small campaign a few months ago on support of this organization that we're going to learn about today. And I suspect you'll know the founder of this organization, but they do some amazing work and we're looking forward to some future collaboration together. Let's welcome Stacy Houston. She is the executive director of SixDegrees.org. Stacy, my friend, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Todd. We're very, very happy to be here. Now we're happy to have you too. I appreciate you making time. I know you're awfully busy, so grateful for you to swing by and join us. Uh, doing a lot of important work during COVID as we record this, so grateful for you to swing by. Stacy. before we get into uh, Six Degrees and all the important things that you guys are doing, take a quick few seconds. Tell us a bit about you and your background. I came to Six Degrees about four years ago. My background really is in uh, business development, sales, marketing. And I spent a lot of time in my career volunteering for nonprofits in various ways, whether it be as just a individual wanting to do some work or sitting on boards more formally and talking about strategy and how to further their mission, so to speak. So it really was like a perfect marriage when I came to Six Degrees. Like everything I had worked on um, throughout my life, I felt was a preparation for this role. Outstanding. Well, you know, uh, supporting these, uh, you and I had similar paths and just getting involved in small ways to help other nonprofits. There are so many out there that need so much help. So there's an awful lot of good we can all do by by doing some volunteer work for these various organizations. So sixdegrees.org, give us uh, the mission and purpose. Yeah. So we are focused on harnessing the kindness that connects all of us to make the greatest possible impact. And what that really means is We think that we are all capable of making a difference and it's really just amplifying the different ways so that they're accessible and they can be seen by the public. So we really focus on working with smaller local charities at the community level. We do partner with some larger organizations, but the main point is that they have to have kind of boots on the ground in communities because that's where we see the most impact, the most need. The people that are working there, they know the communities, they know the resources that they lack. And so our focus is helping them to get their message further by connecting celebrities to them, do fundraising efforts for them, various ways. It's, it's really exciting because Six Degrees doesn't really fit in an exact box. So it allows us to be nimble and allows us to find different partnerships that are current for the movement that we're, we're focused on. And so the every day is never the same, really. <laughs> yeah, as we were talking pre-show, we have similar parallel paths with our two foundations. So talk about the launch. I mentioned a few minutes ago that uh, most people listening would be 
likely be familiar with your founder. So talk about his launch and talk about how this gentleman, what kind of inspired him to kick this thing off. Absolutely. So sixdegrees.org is a foundation that was created by Kevin Bacon, and that was back in 2007. So I guess before you can talk about the launch of Six Degrees, you kind of have to talk a little bit about this idea of the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon concept. It started back in the 90s. It was more of a like party game where a few kids, I think they were in a dorm room in, in New Jersey. I want to say it's Albright College. If I'm wrong, someone will definitely correct me on, on the comments here. But they were sitting around, they were watching a movie in their dorm. It was a Kevin Bacon film. As soon as that movie ended, another one started. It was another Kevin Bacon film. They kind of laughed and said, I wonder if you could connect Kevin Bacon to every other actor in Hollywood through the kind of the degrees of separation theory. So they started playing that game. It got a little famous. And in the beginning, Kevin didn't like it. You know, he thought it was more of like jabs at him. But in reality, it's just a testament to his career. I mean, even when I started working for him, it's like you pull up the IMDb and you're like, oh, he was in that. He was in that. He was in that. He was in so many great iconic films throughout his career because he focuses on being a character actor. He cares about the role. The biggest part, it's about the most meaningful, something that he hasn't done before, something that excites him and a project that he really wants to put his name on. So after he stopped fighting the idea of this whole Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, because it was definitely something that stuck and it's still talked about even today, he decided back in 2007 that he wanted to take his platform, so to speak, and use it for good. But he really didn't know where to start. He was really inspired one day. The story goes, he opens his fridge. He sees a bottle of Newman's own, which is Paul Newman's brand of spaghetti sauce kind of staring back at him and decides, I want to be able to amplify myself in this way where I can take this brand that I've created all these years and do something good like Paul Newman did. So he got to thinking, well, this idea of six degrees, really, if you take me out of it, it's about the fact that we're all interconnected by you know six degrees or less. So it's gone through several different variations and always has been central to kind of helping tie himself or other celebs when they're maybe filming in different communities around the country or they're touring in a band. There's some downtime, right? They're sitting in trailers and they're, you know, in their hotel rooms and they're kind of waiting for the next shift when they're working. Well, what can they do? What can they experience in these communities that they wouldn't be able to do kind of otherwise? So Six Degrees comes in. We kind of help vet different grassroots community organizations right there on the ground and then bring them in, whether it's an event that they already have planned. Sometimes we've created events for them. But it's a way to kind of shine a light on those organizations, much of what you and your wife are doing through this foundation. So, yeah, God, it is amazing how many films he's been in. And you put on a movie and you forget that he's in it. You're like, oh, I forgot that he's in it. And it's such a diverse collection of characters that he's played. It's fascinating. And I love the. I have to his... ask, though. I have to ask, Todd. And this is the question I always think is fun. What was your favorite Kevin Bacon film? Well, I'm probably going to get laughed at by all my gentlemen friends. But to this day, one of my favorite movies that he was in, in terms of just being a sweet story and a romantic story, was He Said, She Said. And I get mocked by a lot of people when I throw that film out there. But that's always one of my favorites. It's uh, a good one. Yeah. And then I named my business The Intrepid Group which is named after the Apollo 12 lunar lander 
So obviously, I'm also partial to Apollo 13 as a space geek. So those are my two favorite films. But it's a long list of films that, that you respect, and that's great stuff. And the Six Degrees, I mean, heck, I did that all through college. You know, and it was funny. When we announced last week on Facebook that we were going to be having you on the show, it wasn't long after before the organization and Kevin liked the post. And so a friend of mine said, well, now I'm just two degrees from Kevin Christian knew me. So that was just funny. So we're still playing that game all these years. Absolutely. It's, it's so funny. Talk about his, I don't get the impression based on what I've observed. And then through obviously our conversations that he's just a guy who's lent his name to the letterhead. I get the feeling he's really involved in this. Talk about his day-to-day involvement and what you guys are trying to do. I mean, he's got his hands deep in this, yeah? Yeah, no, that's a really good observation. Absolutely. So I think sometimes the assumption is that they kind of start a charity. And when I say they, it's like a celebrity. And they kind of lend their name and then they hire people to run it. And that's definitely not how this is. Kevin truly cares about this. He is very hands-on. We talk often about our different mission and strategies and the causes that he cares about and also the causes that as an organization and our board, we believe need the most light shined on them at the time. So heavily involved in those kind of day-to-day discussions and planning our next project and where we're going to partner. And so it's great to be working for somebody that actually cares about the work. What I think is so special about Kevin is he knows a lot and then he also knows what he doesn't know. And that's a really unique gift. I'll even call it a gift because so many people want to answer everything. And Kevin is really good about saying, hey, like, I don't know enough about this area. Let's explore. Let's figure out if there's a fit here. The reason why Six Degrees uh, we talked about earlier doesn't really fit into a box is Another reason is that we don't have pillars like common charities, right? Where you can go and you say it's uh, humane shelters, environmental education. Really, the causes that we care about can really be influenced by the times that we're living in. And we don't want to be held down to, oh, we really have a heart for this movement right now, but we can't do anything to help because it doesn't really fit our strategy and our vision. So it allows us to be nimble. And the reason it's built that way is because Kevin very much, I mean, he'll talk about all the time, like he can wake up really, really wanting to focus on one subject. And then it's like the next day, something else comes up. It doesn't mean that that other thing is no longer important. It just means that we need to figure out a way to amplify both. Well, talk more about that process of amplifying these local grassroots charities. I mean, because we were talking uh, before we went on the air that uh, when we launched our foundation, our whole intention was to be very specific and do very specific things to help a very specific group of people. And then you come to realize that that's a lot of work and that requires a lot of oversight from the IRS. There's so much complexity in that, that you, one, you we suddenly realized how much we respected the organizations that had already gone forward and we're doing a lot of this work and then recognize and no one knows their name, you know? And so we shifted our priority to instead of trying to actually execute this ourselves and figure it out long-term, we said, why don't we shine a light on the organizations that are already doing it? So, and that's become so rewarding to, to do that. And every day you find out about another organization that is simply amazing and has amazing people. And, and, you know, like anything else, there's a lot of them and there's, and they're competing for resources and volunteers. 
and they need a lot of help, you know. So talk more about that part of your focus. And as you also said, there are large organizations out there, but the ones that actually have boots on the ground, as you said, and are wired into a community, it's good to amplify that work too. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas we say we're really focused on the local community organizations that are grassroots. We don't disregard some of the larger organizations that do a really, really good job about being in the community, having their employees or their volunteers in the community. And we do try to work with organizations that are heavily volunteer run. So there's not as much overhead and therefore more of the funding goes directly to those organizations. I'm a one person organization. And then we have our board, right? Evan and a few others. And so we have to be really, really kind of agile in how we work. And we have to realize that it ties back to knowing what we don't know. And there's so many organizations that are already doing fantastic work. Why would we try to recreate the wheel? Why would we try to take on a massive project when there's a ton of organizations that are already doing it really, really well? So what that looks like is sometimes finding a model that works well and seeing if we can replicate it across communities elsewhere. Sometimes it's just finding those organizations and coming up with creative campaigns to raise awareness for those organizations. And that's what we probably do the most of, especially now in this like weird 2020 COVID world where people are indoors and people aren't filming, people aren't on set, that their attention isn't being pulled a million different places, right? it's easier to get people to join these campaigns to really shine a light on these causes. So we're doing a lot of that work this year, but we have been doing that for several years now. Most notably, the I Stay Home For campaign was something that we partnered with the McCann Group on, and Kevin launched it a few months ago now. And that was wildly successful. You know, to date, probably our most successful campaign. We had more than 60 million people engage in that worldwide, over 30 countries, so many different languages. It was simplistic, but we really looked at that and we said, why did this just take hold in, in such an impactful way? And it really came down to the fact that everyone was feeling the exact same way. Like everyone was experiencing it, no matter where they were in the world. We were in a global pandemic something that many of us hadn't have never lived through and never have seen. And we definitely have not seen it in a way where we've also been connected via online and these different platforms to share our messages so quickly and so widely. So the campaign was just sharing a, a sign saying hashtag I stay home for. And the idea was that you have to take yourself out of it. What we saw early on with these social distancing initiatives and the staying at home orders, when we were seeing some pushback from people, it was, you know, I don't understand. I'm I'm not sick. I feel fine. I'm not an at-risk population. So the idea with the campaign was, well, this isn't about you. This is about others. So why don't we share who are those people in your life? Like, I'm sure you can identify somebody that you would want to protect from this. And so, you know, it came down to people sharing, you know, I stay home for grandparents and loved ones and those that were immunocompromised in different ways, strangers and loved ones alike. And it was so beautiful and such a meaningful project to be a part of. We had everyone from Demi Lovato to Governor Cuomo to JLo to Elton John, countless people in Thailand and, and their whole, you know, pop 
um, superstar market mm-hmm. there got really involved in it. It was it was amazing. It was amazing to see. But the most exciting part was just the everyday person that was taking this on and felt a part of that. So yeah, it was really exciting. And that wasn't tied to any one charity. That wasn't tied to fundraising in any way. It was just trying to amplify a unified front, a message that was really, really necessary for the world to hear and to understand and to kind of take ourselves out of it, to talk about the heart of why we're actually asking people to stay home and stay socially distant. What was so great about that movement, the I Stay Home For movement was, you know, there would be a, you would observe a tragedy where a hurricane would slam into a specific coast somewhere and you would watch the news and you would be horrified at the destruction and damage. And then you'd turn the TV off and you'd go walk to brunch and have some cocktails with your friends while this thing was going on. And that always felt kind of weird, right? But with COVID, there was this sense that we're all dealing with this. And it had, it had a different vibe for me, but it, frankly, that all came home and this I Stay Home For campaign kind of was like the, for me anyway, was, all right, this is a visible demonstration of what this feeling is and th- that we all are in this together. And, and it was so great. And that was such a, an amazing campaign. And I think, I think there's still uh, tentacles of that thing affecting us today. And, and that's exciting stuff. Another big project that you guys were working on, this is where uh, we came into your orbit and uh, raised a, a little bit of money to help that project was the I Feed the Front project. So talk about that a little bit and what that was all about. Yeah. So that was what we called um, internally phase two. So when we did the I Stay Home for, we thought, you know, COVID and quarantine is not ending anytime soon. What's, what's the next step to this? And it was important to Kevin to help the, the frontline heroes that were fighting COVID. And I think that was the other thing is that as much as people were walking around asymptomatic, you had all of these like nurses and medical tech workers, EMTs on the front line in these COVID units, seeing horrific outcomes for a lot of the, especially the early patients in the, in the first phase of, of the of the illness here in the United States. So we decided that we would start a campaign called I Feed the Front. And one of the things that Six Degrees has been doing more so in the last year, and we've had a lot of success with it, is instead of just working with one charity, we try to find a few different charities that are either complementing each other's work or they're doing pretty much the same thing just in different communities. So it allows us to do things on a national scale, but still focused really at the community level. So in this case, we started working with an organization called Feed the Fight DC and Frontline Foods. And Frontline Foods has now been acquired by World Central Kitchen, which is Jose Andres's organization there. But they're fantastic. And they were all started the same. It was a couple people that said, we want to thank the healthcare workers that are on our front line of this COVID pandemic, what can we do? Well, we can feed them. Let's take this a step further. One of the hardest hit industries were local restaurants. They were forced to close their doors. And even when they were allowed to kind of do delivery and takeout, people were nervous, right? Let's just eat at home. We don't know if people are being sanitary. What if we can still get the illness from, you know, the handing off of foods? It was just really, really, really devastating for the restaurant industry. And so many of the servers and dishwashers and everyone that's connected to that. 
So what they did is, okay, you can donate. We then will use that money 100% to buy food from a local restaurant. So they didn't do any chains. They just focused on kind of your mom and pop local restaurants. And then they took that food to COVID units and frontline workers as a thank you for their work. And they had really great safety protocols in place. And each of these organizations spun up very quickly. I mean, raising hundreds of thousands and then millions of dollars in the course of like a month, which is pretty incredible when you think about it. They had parenting organizations that allowed them to go under their umbrella so that they were under a 501c3. So everything was tax deductible for those that gave. They were helping these organizations, these restaurants, and then and thanking the healthcare workers. So we saw this is a perfect opportunity to amplify that on a national scale. And we did. And we did that campaign for about a month and raised about $100,000 for feeding these frontline heroes. And these organizations are still obviously continuing on and doing a great job. This hasn't stopped by any means. You know, the restaurant industry is still hurting as so many other small businesses are. But that was a really, really great campaign because we got to put an impact metric on it. You know, it was $10 was about the price of a, of a meal, right? And you had to think that it had to be individually wrapped and delivered and everything like that. And so it was really, really great to be able to see that and scale it so we could tell that story very clearly. Because that's really important too, is when you're asking people to donate money, what exactly is the impact of those dollars? And that's becoming more and more important as I'm sure that you and your wife are seeing too. It's, okay, I'm giving. So what's the exact impact of that? You know, I don't want it to go into a void. I don't want it to go to just some overhead or some administration cost if it can be avoided, right? Right. Yeah, so that was a great campaign. Yeah, it was so funny because we were deciding (laughs) what to do next. My wife did some survey work on, I think through the Facebook page, and this was April, May when you guys were doing this campaign-ish. And uh, she said, what audience, what, what, what issues do you care about? I mean, what are the things that you want us to do in terms of trying to support people in need during this pandemic. And it was a tie between frontline workers and small business suffering. And so this campaign was absolutely perfect because it hit on both. So Nailed it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was awesome to be a part of that. And congratulations on the success of that. And I suspect uh, we're not out of the woods yet with, uh, with the pandemic. So I imagine you guys will continue to be involved in those kinds of things. You know, Stacy, as we have this conversation today, we are in the midst nationally, frankly, globally, uh, a very important conversation around race and long overdue conversation. And, and there are, from this discussion, there's a lot of social justice movements kind of springing up. We're also celebrating the death of John Lewis and what he represented in that whole civil rights. Yeah. It's a critical time in that dialogue. And it's an exciting time to be observing that because it's uh, a lot of positive change will come from this. Talk about your all's role, your, the small piece you think you guys might be able to play in this wider conversation uh, on social justice. Yeah. Wow. And it's such an important conversation to be had. And, you know, as a Black woman personally, it's obviously very, very important. It's always the forefront of my mind of how we can do more and do better. But I'm excited that I work for an organization that does listen, that wants to do better. And much of like what we talked about earlier, there are fantastic organizations that 
I think a lot of people and even globally are thinking that maybe some of these organizations have kind of just popped up, but they've been here doing this work for decades. So we will continue to amplify those organizations. We will continue to find ways to partner and support their work. Um, Instead of recreating the wheel, we will try to find the best voices to amplify so that we can educate. And it's really interesting because with Six Degrees, you have the fact that we're a charity, we're a 501c3, and we're kind of agnostic to causes, but we are tied to this celebrity being Kevin. And Kevin is early 60s. He's a white male. He has a very wide, he's beloved by so many, right? He doesn't really have one type of fan. But it is so interesting when we start talking about race, it is the one topic, right? Racial reconciliation, understanding white supremacy or systemic racism, these types of topics that we do receive so much backlash from the public. And what that tells us is like, that's probably the one topic that we need to keep pushing and doing more about. If people are that uncomfortable, that they are upset that we would want to help people educate themselves on how to be an anti-racist and how to call it out and how to better our world because I mean, it's a common phrase. It's like the rising tide lifts all boats, right? We want equity. We should want equality. And we're not going to support anything that doesn't support equity and equality. And so as an organization, it's partnering with other organizations that are doing the same. Projects that we're a part of, we want to see equity. We want to see people of color at the table and in the boardroom and making the decisions, you know, not just the talent these types of things that we can, we can control, right, in our own hands, and then educating others to understand the parts that they play in everyday life. But yeah, it has been a really, really interesting time. And as hard and as difficult as it is to see some of the images play out, I'm so honored to be able to, to help lead some of these conversations via Six Degrees and this platform that I have to utilize as well. Well, it's a credit to you and Kevin and your organization for, again, shining a light on this discussion. You know, I was having a conversation with another gentleman on this show not long ago, and and we were both saying, well, maybe we're sympathetic to the cause, but we need to become empathetic to it. And that's a whole different mindset to it. And if that's one thing we can achieve, well, then that's progress. Is the history, I'm not talking about the global narrative around this, but the history of this country, it's going to be a long, a long discussion and a long debate. And it, it's one that's worthy of, of continuing to focus on. And it's one that will continue, will permanently have to be focused on because you can let it slide and, and you can go backwards. And we don't want that. Uh, we've made progress, but there's a lot more progress to make. So looking forward Absolutely. to looking to you all for your continued leadership on that. And I will uh, obviously consult you and look for your guidance, uh, Stacey, in, in helping us and myself certainly uh, continue to educate ourselves on, on what can be done and uh, excited to, to use our platform to help push this dialogue forward too. So that's exciting. All right. So I imagine there's some exciting future projects coming from SixDegrees.org. Any light you can shed on, on where you guys go from here? I think that being in this kind of COVID era and not really seeing the exact end of that, 
I know a lot of the projects that we will take part in are going to be focused on COVID response and relief, those that are the most marginalized groups that need support um, during this time. We are working on some really exciting other projects that I can't yet talk about, but I can say that you should follow us if you aren't already, and we'll be able to share more about that soon. But really, we, as much as some of the stuff that we're talking about is, is hard to talk about, there's a lot to celebrate. And so we are trying to have positive uh, stories and amplify the good that's still happening and those moments of unity, those moments of empowerment. And so uh, Six Freeze is, is looking for more opportunities to partner with organizations that are similarly aligned to do that as well. But yeah, I would say COVID response, continuing to be focused on social justice, um, like you said so eloquently, and it's not going to be something that just the moment passes. This is going to be long and continuous work, and we're not going to let that just fall at the wayside once the media stops you know, putting it out there. We have to stay talking about it because it's really, really important until we see true, true equality and uh, betterment in this situation. So Outstanding. Well, looking forward to seeing what you guys do next. And uh, Stacey, you can count on Stephanie and I to do what we can uh, from our our little platform to help support and amplify the work that you're doing. So grateful to you and Kevin so for, for your leadership you. and, and what you're doing to try to serve our community. So, all right, Stacey, so before we let you go, should anyone need to connect with you or learn more about uh, sixdegrees.org, where do they go? You said it. It's sixdegrees.org. I'm spelled out. S-I-X-D-E-G-R-E-E-S.org. Um, please subscribe and you can follow us on all of our social media on both Twitter and Instagram. It's Six Degrees of KB, as in Kevin Bacon, all spelled out. And then on Facebook, it's SixDegrees.org. All right. Stacy Houston, the Executive Director of SixDegrees.org. Stacy, it was a real pleasure to have you. Thanks so much for stopping by and giving Thanks us some time. Me. Thank you so much, Todd. Appreciate oh. you. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of my guest, Stacey Houston, I am Tachnik. That's all we have for today. Look forward to having you again on The Foundation Podcast. We'll see you then. The Foundation Podcast is produced by Intrepid Media and is made possible in part by the Todd and Stephanie Schnick Foundation. Learn more by visiting schnickfoundation.org. And thank you for listening. Now, get out there and do some good. And we'll see you next time.